Dream it, live it. Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their mind cannot change anything. George Bernard Shaw. Transformation starts with desire. Do you want it? Dream bigger. Imagine waking up each morning feeling rested and excited to start your day because you have enough energy to do everything that is important to you. How great would it be to not feel guilty about eating the wrong foods? What if you woke up one day and just drove in search of adventure? How awesome would it be if your body was prepared to take on whatever adventure you happen to stumble upon? 10 mile hike, no problem. 20 mile bike ride, why not? Climb up the face of a 100 foot rock, let's do it. Paddle out at sunrise to catch some waves, hallelujah. I know how great that is because most days I do wake up rested, feeling energetic and enjoying my food. And I know it's possible for you too. And yeah, I did pile my five kids into a motorhome and drove around the Western United States and Europe in search of adventure, but you don't have to go to that far of an extreme. The point is that in our attempt at being responsible adults and creating security and comfort for our families, we've given up the ability to play. I'm not just talking about not making the time for it. I mean that in the blink of an eye, we've allowed a decade or more to go by and lost the athleticism that at one time set us up to be healthier, thinner, and basically just have more fun. Your success in looking and feeling better comes down to choices, which in essence are represented through your habits. If you're looking to see a quick change, this isn't the program for you. If you wanna learn how to be a better version of yourself, then I know I can help you. I've never meant to be different, at least at first. I studied hard, got good grades, played sports, got a college scholarship, and then my life started taking a detour. It wasn't planned out. However, looking back, I realized it was a very conscious decision based on intuition. But let's face it, I was only 19 and really just wanted to have fun. At the time, fun meant spending as much time as I could with my boyfriend, Victor, who is now my husband. I was teaching gymnastics for the city recreation department, making minimum wage and had a decent following. Being young and in love, I wanted to spend all my time with Victor and I still do. So I suggested we open our own gymnastics facility in Coronado. Why not? I thought we maxed out our credit cards. Okay. It was only Victor's credit cards, bought gymnastics equipment and went for it. At the time, Victor was finishing his bachelor's in kinesiology and working as a personal trainer at a commercial gym. Spinning was just coming on the scene at the time, and being my ambitious self, I suggested we buy 10 bikes and teach spinning classes to add a fitness element to our facility. Now keep in mind, I had never even taken a spinning class, and here I am buying $8,000 worth of bikes, assuming I will just figure it out, which we did. The point here is that this was the first step in creating this unconventional life. We aren't married. We now have $20,000 in debt, but we have passion, vision, and the confidence to take a risk. Fast forward three years, and now we are high on life with our firstborn, Daniel. I love being able to have a business where I could take my kid to work with me. Another year and a half, and we are blessed with a daughter, Gabriella. Three more years, Isabel. At this point, I'm bordering on conventionalism. We run a business, own a 3,000 square foot home with a pool, and take vacations once a year to Hawaii. We became the Joneses. But then, to keep it different, I start homeschooling, and four years go by and I now have another baby. With a baby, a toddler, and two kids to teach at home, going to work to teach gymnastics with four kids is seeming quite impossible. So my loving husband is doing all the work and putting in 12 hour days. Just when I think I can't handle any more, I'm blessed with one more beautiful girl, Tatiana. Somewhere between club soccer, competitive gymnastics, math lessons, potty training, breastfeeding, and commuting up to 40 minutes one way to work, I start wondering why. Why do I feel like a chicken with my head cut off? Why am I so tired? Why don't I get to do things I like to do? Why do I not go for it anymore? Why did I settle? I distinctly remember one Sunday after only getting a few hours of sleep because Tatiana was waking up practically every hour to breastfeed, going for a run with Victor. 
He was really slow and tired. And I remember looking at him saying, what is going on? I sleep half the hours you do and you can't keep up with me on a run? I could have been more sensitive. We didn't realize at the time that he was in the middle of a major case of adrenal exhaustion that would take two years to fully recover from. If you can relate, I have good news. This book will help with adrenal exhaustion too. It took a few years to gain the confidence to do something about it, but eventually we started making changes. We started eliminating the non-essentials of our life. We scaled back on things that didn't bring value to our lives and started to take notice of what did add value and bring happiness to our lives. Yes, there are some necessities to living that can't be removed, but they can be redefined. I'm telling you that if you want to live playfully and have fun, you have to feel light and energetic. And in order to get there, it will require thinking, eating, and moving a certain way. None of what I teach is about making life easy. My life isn't easy by any means. I think Sean Aker says it best in his book, The Happiness Advantage. Happiness is the joy we feel striving after our potential. I know so many people who don't ever consider that they have a potential. They forget that they are in the driver's seat of their own lives and if they stop long enough to listen, they have an inner calling that will guide them to greatness. Potential is a very broad term. As I write this, our family is currently living in a 30-foot motorhome. I traded a 3,000-square-foot home for a 100-square-foot home, and I love it. Is giving up your beautiful home the answer? I hope not. What living like this has done for me is allow me to center my life around adventure, play, and writing. Three things that are really important to me right now. Clearing out my stuff has created space in my life for things that I truly value, such as a surfboard, a climbing harness, my Kindle with great books to read. But most importantly, it has opened up more time in my day to spend with my kids, to play, to eat well, to enjoy the outdoors, and to breathe. Someone who has inspired me to live this lifestyle is Doc Paskowitz. I first learned of him watching the documentary Surfwise. It tells the story of how he was a successful doctor in Hawaii who began having anxiety and panic attacks trying to keep up with an intense career and high-paced life. Does that even exist in Hawaii? And ended up divorced and unhappy. So he made drastic changes to his life. He left practicing medicine, at least in the traditional sense of practicing in a hospital, and started traveling the world. He ended up living in Egypt for a few years until he came back to the US and met Juliet, his soulmate. They went on to have eight boys and one girl and raised them quite unconventionally in a motorhome while vagabonding all over North America and even trips back to Egypt. The documentary does a great job of dramatizing how hard it was on their kids, but that is not what I got from the movie. The message that spoke to me is that there is more to life than what is expected of us. We have the potential and ability to truly live life. Sadly, Doc passed away last year, but while he was alive, he wrote three great books that share his experiences, wisdom, and beliefs. The most popular book being Surfing and Health. Doc was extremely passionate about these two things. When I first read the book, I was overwhelmed at how many similarities there were between how I felt I was already living my life and what he was advocating. Over and over, I kept finding myself saying a resounding, Yes, he's nailing it. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Doc's message is this. Health is much, much more than just not being sick. Health is the presence of a superior state of well-being, a vigor, a vitality, which must be worked for each and every day of your life. Health can vanquish illness, prevent disease, promote prosperity, and lengthen life. Doc doesn't butter it up. He tells it how it is, and I'm sure that's hard for some people to hear. Some of the things in the book he wrote 20 to 30 years ago. Our world has changed quickly. We are losing the battle. Look at these numbers from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey from 2009 to 2010. More than two in three adults are considered to be overweight or obese. More than one in three adults are considered to be obese. More than one in 20 adults are considered to have extreme obesity. About one-third of children and adolescents ages 6 to 19 are considered to be overweight or obese. 
More than one in six children and adolescents ages six to 19 are considered to be obese. Doc was a firm believer that we are responsible for our own health, so much so that he started his book with the fable in which the moral is that you can't run away from death, to which he rebuts, oh yes you can, quote, we begin to die when we decide to stop living. Death catches the fixed and the fat, the sitter before the walker, the walker before the runner. Over 75% of all heart attacks occur at rest. Life thrives on movement. Life thrives on activity. Death is not a stalker, always looking for us. Death is a scorekeeper, tallying up how much we love life and how much we are willing to work for it. We die when we stop living. Doc Paskowitz. I think it's fair to say that we all want to enjoy our lives, but that is a very broad statement. If I yell at my kids 10 times in a day, am I still enjoying my life? Most of the time, yes. If I take a 30 minute run down the beach, does that equate to enjoying my life more? Not always. Do I have to be wealthy to enjoy my life? Not necessarily. As Ben Tal Shahar says in his book, Happier, happiness is the overall experience of meaning and pleasure. Not only do we want to be happier, but we also want to be healthier. Being fit is not the same. As Doc says, you can have fitness without health, but you can't have health without fitness. Look beyond having ripped abs. Strive to integrate physical, emotional, and mental wellness. Health is a careful balance between high and low intensity. It's a dance of yin and yang that requires the intensity of fire offset with the stillness of ice. When you play, do so energetically, powerfully, ferociously. When you rest, do so that you are rejuvenating, re-energizing, and reconnecting with yourself. My goal with this book is to first inspire you to chase your dreams, and second, to give you the physical ability to get more out of your life. Regardless of where you are now, I want to help you be a better version of yourself, whether that means leaner, stronger, more flexible, or more energetic. You should never settle. In order to get there though, it helps to figure out what makes you tick, or as my good friend put it to me, I need to know my why. That's why I start off with Think to Play. As a parent, we all want the best for our kids, but in doing so, we sometimes get so caught up in the role of giving and sacrifice that we can forget our own goals and ambitions. All the food, the stretches, and the exercises laid out in this book are not rocket science. Many of them you know, whether you realize it or not. What is hard is the application, being able to take what you know and find the motivation to do it. I hope to inspire you. I really, really want you to succeed. Let's change the statistics. I strongly believe that we influence our kids way more than we realize. And if we can strive to be better versions of ourselves, our kids will model our behaviors and be better versions of themselves. The power of play. Before we take off to find your inner Gandhi, let's talk about what exactly is considered play. According to Webster's Dictionary, play is defined as doing activities for fun or enjoyment. If we go one layer deeper and look at the adjective fun, it means to provide entertainment, amusement, things that give you pleasure or something pleasant. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the word work, which can be defined as a specific task, duty, function, or assignment, often being a part or phase of some larger activity. Your goal is to combine both. Every day should be a balance of work hard, play hard. You probably already work hard at a job or at raising your kids, but what about when it comes to exercise or movement? Do you apply the same principles when it comes to your body? There are some who may love going to the gym, but no one says they are going to the gym to play. They say they are going to the gym to work out, which is great because it's a specific task that requires exertion. But are you doing it for a greater purpose? Most of us have jobs, which we probably enjoy, but we don't usually do these jobs just for the action of the job itself. We do it for the bigger picture of providing food, housing, clothing, vacations, etc. In essence, we work at our jobs to play. We can love our work, just like we can love going to the gym to work out, but it's part of the bigger picture. You can work out all you want, or as little as I will teach you, but in the end, 
It's for a greater purpose that I will just call play. There's a reason why we play a sport. It's because it creates this aspect of fun and enjoyment. For me, the best part of playing is that it becomes more about fun and less about work. I get so focused on the task that I forget the exertion portion. I love when my sport adds a layer of mystery, unpredictability, or a sense of wonder and awe. Surfing and rock climbing are huge examples of this. When I paddle out, I'm not thinking about my target heart rate or how many calories I'm burning. I'm only focused on getting past the breakers and into the lineup in hopes of getting a great stoke on. When I'm lead climbing, I'm not timing myself or keeping track of anything, but where my next hand or foothold is, and if I have enough quick draws with me. These may be extreme sports examples, but there are many levels to even these sports that is accessible to all fitness levels. Quote, unless you try to do something beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. Ralph Waldo. You can add this sense of adventure in more traditional sports like biking, running, and swimming by doing them in new locations or training for an event. The important factor is to keep it fun and not just a task. Also, try not timing yourself when you go exercise. Just go run for the fun of feeling fast. Bike for the exhilaration of the wind in your face. Swim for the lightness you feel as you glide through the water. Don't do these exercises just to lose weight or to look better. Think about how they made you feel as a kid. When you played as a kid, you didn't time yourself. You ran, swam, or biked as fast as you could. And when you were tired, you stopped. Regain that instinctiveness. Have you ever watched a running race? If you have, you've probably noticed that the competitors come in all shapes, sizes, and ages. I mention this because running isn't always the best form of exercise for weight loss. If running a half marathon sounds fun, is on your bucket list, or maybe the training is a great social outlet for you, then by all means, sign up for the race. Just don't do it primarily for weight loss. Running is great for cardiorespiratory fitness, but it can also be stressful and cause you to release so much cortisol that your body thinks it's in fight or flight mode, which will trigger your body to store fat instead of burn it off. Get out in nature. If you haven't exercised in a while, chances are you aren't going to start by surfing or rock climbing, but almost everyone can walk. Find beautiful scenery to immerse yourself in. Walk on the beach or through a park. Set aside time to hike. I find there's nothing like the sense of adventure when following a new trail. I love hiking because not only do my muscles feel great working hard, it's also training for my mind to stay in the present moment by focusing on the while still allowing my mind some space to wander. How about non-traditional play? When was the last time you went scootering, skating, rollerblading, boogie boarding? I love doing these things with my kids and it doesn't have to be a workout. Most days I hop on my skateboard and just ride around the campground for a few minutes. It does amazing things to my mood and energy level. How to use this book. What's the big picture? I wrote this book to help others live healthier lives to learn to eat and move better, and in doing so, be able to create a life that's fun and meaningful. But the food and the exercises are only part of the picture. It's like assuming if every day someone gets up early and goes for a 30 minute run and then eats goji berries for breakfast, that they will be healthy. That's not the whole picture. What if the rest of the day they are rushing from one meeting to the next and driving in rush hour traffic two hours a day? You can't live life like you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger and expect to feel good and be healthy. Balance is an understatement. What I want to convey is a larger picture of happiness, wellness, and overall zest for life. In order to do that, I'm going to share stories from our experiences to help you get a better picture of what I'm talking about. I hope to inspire you to search out more fun in your days, inform you of the best exercises that will create more strength in your muscles and flexibility in your joints, and teach you what foods will give you the most energy so that you have the ability to play more often, and in doing so, transform your body so it plays better. The information presented is from my experiences in searching out a playful life. I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. Everything is from reflecting on what's been the magic combination for me and the clients Victor and I have worked with for the past two decades. There's no fish. I'm making the number one mistake in business. I'm not giving you the fish. They say in marketing, don't teach people to fish. 
Sorry, you're going to have to become a fisherwoman unless you want to be at the same point in your life a year from now. In the past seven days, I've rock climbed twice, done a yoga class, gone for three runs, one on the pier, one along the beach, and one around Mission Bay, surfed three mornings, gone for two bike rides along the bay, done two weight workouts, and a day of prehab, all of which is fun to me. Do you have to do all of that? No, unless you want to. With the exception of the weight workout, none of these things feel like work to me. I'm not doing them to count calories, burn off the beer I drink, or because I feel like I have to do it to stay in shape. I don't time my runs, count my paddle strokes, or measure the distance I travel. Even though the workout is work, I do it diligently so that I can keep on playing. I wake up and ask myself, what sounds fun to do today? Well, I do check Surfline first to know if the surfing is an option or not. When I'm not living in San Diego, I'm searching out new trails to hike and new rocks to climb. I'm addicted to playing. I love to be outside or challenging my body. And in creating this lifestyle, I've been able to break down a lot of psychological barriers that prevent us from taking our self-care to the next level. No one needs to play to the same extent I do, but at the root, I think we all want to add more fun to our life. Health, wellness, play, exercise, however you want to label it, is like running a business. There are many factors you have to look at in order to create a positive profit center. You aren't going to just focus on marketing without having a solid understanding of your financials. Just like you aren't going to start eating more greens if you're only walking 30 minutes once a week. There's not enough positive returns on investment to keep you motivated. To be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be constantly thinking about where you are, where you want to be, and what steps you can take every day to get closer to your goal. Living a playful life is the same. You have to first want more fun in your life. You have to define what fun is for you. You have to prioritize it, create an environment conducive for it. And most importantly, you have to be physically prepared. That's where I can give you the fish. I can tell you exactly what exercises to do in Move to Play so that you can be ready to play. I can tell you exactly what to eat and eat to play so that your body has the energy to play. I will make you stronger so that you can play harder. I will share with you things I like to do to play. But first, you have to decide if you want to play or not. There are plenty of workout and diet books available. Do they work? Yes, temporarily. The problem is, is that they give you the fish. Eat this and you'll be leaner. Do this a hundred times for toned arms. There's nothing wrong with the exercises or the diet, but if they were enough, you wouldn't be reading this. As women, we are wired emotionally before physically. That is why I have a different program than Victor. As women, we have to address our psychology in order to affect our physical body. You may need to read this book multiple times throughout the eight weeks of Move to Play. That's great. I needed a lot of motivation and inspiration to get to where I am today, and I'm still constantly searching for more. I hope to provide you with the same. There are three aspects of your wellness that I'm going to help you with. Thinking, moving, and eating. And each has its own independent section for you to work on. The first is reflecting on what you want from your life and recognizing where you are failing. I call this section Think to Play, and it's all about aligning your thoughts and beliefs with your actions. I find that this is the most important step in success, and that is why I start with it. I also noticed that this part needs time to resonate and settle into your being before it can come through in your actions. The second aspect is exercising in a way that brings you closer to your desires. I call this section Move to Play, and it's about retraining your body to move in healthy movement patterns, decreasing joint pain by improving range of motion, and becoming physically strong enough to reach your goals. The third part is about learning positive food habits. I call this section Eat to Play, and it will teach you nutritional habits that will not only make you look better, but get you mentally feeling better so that you have the energy and focus to achieve success. To make it more user-friendly and guide you through each aspect of improving your health, I've organized this book by the phases. I will take you through thinking, then moving, then eating aspects of connection phase. Once you have a good grasp of these parts of your life, then continue on to the thinking, moving, and eating of the intention phase. Lastly, 
finish with the thinking, moving, and eating of the determination phase. Each phase successively builds on what is taught in the previous phase. You can treat each aspect, thinking, moving, and eating, separately, but try to master each phase before progressing to the next phase. For example, depending on your current fitness level, you may have to keep repeating the connection phase of move to play over and over, while you can quickly progress from connection to intention of the eat to play section. I don't recommend jumping ahead on them though. I've worked with a lot of clients over the years who want to see faster weight loss and prefer to go straight to the grain-free and dairy-free habits in the determination phase, only to rebound later because they didn't learn the previous habits. There's no gold star at the end of the three phases. There's no final graduation. Everything is a process and you should be constantly evaluating where you are, where you need to improve, and where you are ready to challenge yourself. If you are looking for a quick fix, my programs are not for you. No one goes from addition straight to calculus. There are steps that need to be taken along the way to help you understand the formulas and break down the equations. Sometimes you have to go back and review before you can go forward. Doing more isn't always the answer either. That is the cool thing with my program. It teaches you to train and eat smarter, and that high intensity doesn't always deliver the greatest results. This program is not about convenience. Success is never convenient. We all have the same number of hours in the week. How you spend those hours is up to you. To help you be successful, I have developed this program in a successive manner, meaning it starts off fairly easy with gradual progressions in intensity, but more importantly, in time commitment. There is no getting around the fact that looking and feeling great is a time commitment. If it wasn't, then everyone would look and feel great, but they don't. We live in a society that moves fast and looks for shortcuts. For me, I'm constantly thinking about living and moving with intention and desire and try to align my actions with those goals in mind. In the next section, I will share with you the steps I've taken so that you can start matching your actions with those intentions. For example, if your intention is to be leaner, then you have to set aside time to buy and prepare your food. There is no way to get thinner eating out. What you eat is so important in determining how you look that you can't shortcut this. This is also true for feeling good and having energy. You have to move. You can't lead a sedentary life and expect to not have joint pains or muscle aches. Our bodies are designed for movement. Now prepare yourself for this one. Don't think working out will make you lean. The move to play part of the program will make you feel great and it will lay the foundation for healthy joints and strong muscles, which will make you leaner in the long run. However, if leanness is your top priority, then the eat to play section will be even more important for you to follow. That doesn't mean you should skip the move to play part. Everyone should be exercising daily. I just see a lot of people who make resolutions to lose weight and think that by showing up at the gym, it's going to give them results. As I'm about to show you, there are many more factors involved in weight loss than just exercise. By combining proper nutrition and stress management with the workout programs in the move to play sections, you will gain increased strength, increased range of motion, increased glycolysis, improved VO2 max and lactic acid threshold, decreased aches and pains, decreased chance of injuries, but most importantly, decreased body fat. It's easy to take our health for granted. We forget how much zest for life and movement that we have to give up when we are constantly sick or limited by injuries and ailments. Nothing is worse than sitting on the bench due to injuries. Finding a sport or exercise that you are passionate about, that drives you to get up and get going in the morning, and that makes you feel grateful to be alive is one of the most important parts of being happy. If you have to skip or stop that part of your life due to injury or pain, it can lead to anxiety or depression. This program will definitely decrease your chances of this happening to you. By investing the time into all the prehab exercises in the first month, you will avoid the tribulations of injury and pain. Some acute injuries can't be avoided. For example, if you fall off a bike and hyperextend your elbow or fall snowboarding and break your tailbone, no amount of prehab can prevent these types of injuries. However, 
many of these prehab exercises become part of your rehab program. Learn to appreciate a body that can move, strive for functioning joints and athletic muscles, work hard to build muscles that can perform, and a body that can chase dreams. We all have our unique builds and many of us love to overdo our sport. Doing all the prehab doesn't always keep you pain free, but it might just be enough to keep you participating in your sport. Take myself for instance. Genetically, I have very tight shoulders. Then add surfing most days to that equation and now I am set up for continuous shoulder pain. If I avoid stretching my chest and shoulders and don't do my prehab, I'd probably have to go find another sport. However, because I'm aware of my limitations, I try to prioritize my stretching and prehab so I don't have to give up sports that I'm passionate about and that help define me. The lesson here is if some of the exercises are challenging for you, it doesn't mean you should avoid them. It means you need to set aside more time for doing it. If you had to give something up a long time ago because of injuries or pain, don't give up. It might take repeating the first month of prehab for six months, but with persistence, you may gain back what you thought you'd never have again. Imagine how fulfilling it would be if you ran a marathon again after not being able to run more than two miles without pain for the last decade. Think of how great it would be if you could take your family rock climbing after not being fit enough to go for a hike. Let's say you don't really care about all that healthy joint crap and just want to look good for your high school reunion in two months, then the best solution is to move as little as possible and don't eat. Yes, I'm exaggerating, but the truth is you need very little exercise to lose weight. You need to stimulate certain hormone responses to get stronger and leaner. Quote, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. George Bernard Shaw. For years, I had the mentality that if I didn't run or weight train every day, I'd gain weight. So I exercise religiously and I maintain my body weight. A decade or more goes by and I have less time to go work out every day and quite honestly, it wasn't that fun anymore. It was work. It was effort to get myself to put on running shoes or step into the gym to lift weights. And we even own our own gym. Well, something amazing happened. We moved to the beach. The ocean was literally less than a half mile from my front door and became an open canvas. I bought a surfboard and taught myself to surf. I sucked at first, a lot. But I was persistent and worked my way from standing up in the whitewash to finally being brave enough on a small day to paddle to the outside. This is rare in Southern California, but the surf break where I learned was usually empty. So sitting on the outside alone was definitely more of a mental challenge than a physical one. Sure, as the surf got bigger, I did eventually get a physical challenge every time I paddled out, but those first few weeks of sitting alone in the ocean with a dozen dolphins swimming 10 feet from my board would probably be the deal breaker for most. Instead, in my case, it fueled a whole new sick addiction. For the next six months, I barely ran or lifted weights. I just surfed and my body started changing. When people would stop me on the street and ask, what do you do? I'd smile and say, I surf. I loved how that sounded, but not as much as I loved doing it. It felt like pure joy. I'm sure I was working hard out there and if you strapped a heart rate monitor to me, I probably hit my quote target heart rate at some point, but I didn't care. I just wanted reps. I wanted that stoke. As my body kept refining, my joints were taking a huge beating. My neck, shoulders, and back were constantly sore, and I knew I couldn't just surf every day if I wanted to feel good. I forced myself back in the gym and alternated with a few days of yoga. I was finding that four-letter word that no one wants to hear, balance. Okay, it's seven letters, but no one likes balance. It's not fun, it's not sexy, it's unconventional. What we want is fast, different, and easy. Good luck. Fast forward another year and I'm introduced to rock climbing. Just like surfing, this blew my mind. This is more like a math problem than exercise. Sorry, I love math. I'm sure I hit my target heart rate at some point in my climb, but I was too engrossed in finding the next handhold to worry about energy expenditure. Then we start our road trips through the Western United States and start racking up some mileage hiking. And now I'm literally a walking billboard of balance. 
do you CrossFit, people ask? No, I want to scream back. But instead I reply, I surf, I hike, I rock climb. And because I want to keep doing those things for a very long time, I also weight train, I do yoga, and I run and bike occasionally because they are still fun to me. Weight loss was never the goal of adding all this play. And if someone told me I'd lose 10 pounds by playing, I would have laughed at them. But it happened, intentionally or not, adding all this play, all this balance, has shown me that we don't need to work out to lose weight. We just need to find a passion and do all the things that I will teach you in this book to get strong and flexible enough to keep doing it for a long time. By now you can understand why I say cardio is not needed for weight loss. Health is needed for weight loss. Ask someone who runs marathons if they lose weight training for a marathon, the majority will say no. The reason is, when you start training long distances, your body ends up releasing a lot of cortisol for a long time. In addition, that much exercise makes it really hard to go home and only eat protein and veggies. If you want to lose weight, you need to do just enough to stimulate growth hormone and a little cortisol. That was the idea originally with HIIT workouts, but in my opinion, they take it a little too far. I think it is mostly for financial reasons because who is going to pay for a 15 minute class? If you get someone to walk in the door, they expect to get a class for 45 to 60 minutes. That's what the primal exercises here are all about. Stimulating your muscles just enough that they send a signal to the rest of your body saying, wake up. Ladies, I have a request though. Learn to do the primals with power and intensity. Most women who I have do these don't like them, but the guys Victor works with loves them. I think most women don't like them because they feel awkward moving their bodies in this manner. That doesn't mean women shouldn't do them. If you want your body to change, you have to give it new loads. Learn to be explosive. Don't just go through the motions. Be an athlete. Find your intensity of play. I know not everyone can surf, but find a similar type of stimulation where you get short spikes in adrenaline and heart rate. Maybe tennis. Get good at feeling your muscles work. Build that mind-to-body connection. Learn to lift heavy weights because a strong body will burn more calories and take you further in your play. Most importantly, learn to shut it down. You can't lose weight if you're pumping out cortisol all day. Find ways to zen out. Start playing now and I'm gonna teach you ways to eat, stretch, and move so that you can play better. This is not a diet book. Let's face it, we all know what we should be eating, but we just don't do it all the time. Sure, we may go a week without sugar or try to be a paleo for a month, but we need a lasting food plan that we can consistently do over a lifetime. Victor and I have worked as personal trainers and wellness coaches for over two decades. We work with highly intelligent people who can't connect the dots when it comes to their own nutrition. Why is that? Well, first it's because we, as Americans, work too much. There isn't enough time in the day to prepare, cook, and eat whole foods anymore. In addition, because we put in so many hours at work, we feel we deserve a reward at the end of the day. And often that reward comes in the form of eating out. I'm not pointing fingers because I'm guilty of this too. But what saves me is that I only do it occasionally and I have a very active lifestyle. If your job is sedentary, and whose isn't these days, then your body is going to have a hard time keeping your metabolism going fast enough to burn up that reward. Affecting the equation from two directions is necessary. Not only do you want to be limiting your reward meals, but you also want to be finding ways to integrate way more movement into your day so that your body learns how to efficiently burn the food you send it. Second, the majority of our food, especially if we eat out, is tainted. It's either made from industrialized farming practices, meaning it's loaded with hormones and antibiotics, it's genetically modified, or it's loaded with corn or soy, which also has more than likely been genetically modified. Third, I think there's a lot of confusion on what you should be eating. We went through a decade of being told not to eat fat. Then it was no gluten. Now it's no sugar. Look, don't feel bad. We feel confused at times too. We spend a lot of time reading the latest research, but most importantly, we experiment ourselves and with our family. 
We also compare. I know a lot of tired and overweight people who think they're making good choices by not eating certain foods, but it's not working. The right foods will get the right results. We have been able to maintain a healthy body weight and keep improving physically in the sports we play, and I attribute it mostly to the positive relationship we have with food. Friends and family have asked us nutrition questions over and over through the years. So I finally set aside time to organize the information we tell them into this book. Keep in mind, we are not doctors and are not trying to prescribe one specific way of eating that fits everyone. Instead, think of this as a starting point and make modifications based on your activity level and how your body responds to the various nutritional habits I've laid out. Does activity level matter? Yes, it does a lot actually. Personally, when I weight train, I need a lot more protein. When I'm doing more yoga, I can tolerate more carbs. When I'm surfing and rock climbing, I eat almost purely warrior style. Keep this in mind as you experiment yourself with your diet. We often tell our clients they can eat carbs, but they have to earn it first. Nature isn't always fair, and it's certainly true in this case. The leaner you are, the better you can tolerate carbs, meaning they won't be stored as fat and will be metabolized better. If you are overweight, your carb eating days should be set aside until you've dropped body fat and improved your insulin sensitivity. If you absolutely must eat carbs, then it should be right after exercise and definitely not after sitting behind a desk for eight hours. Earn those carbs first. As you go through this book, think of the goal as being able to develop a healthy relationship with your food and match your actions to your intentions. Quote, if it's important to you, you will find a way. If not, you will find an excuse. Ryan Blair. In one breath, everyone seems to know what they should eat and tell me what great recipes they have for healthy food. But in the next breath, they are justifying why they don't. Let me help you close the gap. I've designed this book to nurture healthy habits for the rest of your life. If you have kids, involve them with every aspect of food, from shopping for it, to preparing it, to enjoying it slowly, and even to the cleanup. I see the importance of this with my kids. They have a very healthy relationship and love for good quality food already. And I know this stems from the fact that they are so involved in every aspect of the meal process. We even go to a lot of the farm that we get our food from so that they can see how it is raised. The recipes I've given you in this book are to give you ideas on the types of food to prepare and the quantities of protein, carbohydrates, and fats you should be eating. Use it as a springboard into your own creativity and likes. I don't believe in a perfect diet. After all, isn't variety the spice of life? Just get the variety from well-sourced whole foods and not from different takeout menus. By working through each phase of the Eat to Play chapters in a progressive manner, you hopefully will learn to notice how your body reacts to foods, what gives you energy and what doesn't. Many people aren't in tune with what is going on in the inside, and I believe that this is a key step to being healthy. Once we find that connection, then we can start to identify where our intentions lie and what our goals or motivations are. When you reach the determination phase, you will be able to take what you learned in the first two phases and fine tune it to improve performance. I can't emphasize enough how much I believe the only way to have lasting results is if they become habits that are integrated into your daily routine, which means mastering one habit before moving on to the next. The problem with this is that for a lot of people, this means gradual progress. There are some really good diet and nutrition books on the market, but the problem is that they require you to change too many habits all at once. If you have a major health issue, completely revamping your diet might be a good idea. But for most of us, we just want to be better. We are happy with our lives, our careers, our kids, but we want to be a little healthier and see if we can make better decisions. For the most part, the clients I've worked with want to find ways that they can tweak what they already do to get better results. It is amazing what happens when you start making a few better decisions and then stack them on a few more and then a few more. All of a sudden, a year has gone by and you've created an entirely new routine that becomes a permanent way of life. If you start with the determination phase of no grains and no dairy, you will see faster weight loss. If your only goal is to be leaner, 
then cutting out all sugar, grains, and dairy can get you there a lot faster. The question is, can you maintain eating that way forever? Personally, I like eating a little sugar, grains, and dairy, so I prefer focusing on eating more of the other foods, like greens, healthy fats, and well-sourced protein, so that I gradually push out the other foods instead of feeling like I'm depriving myself. If you are feeding a family, especially one as large as ours, eating grain-free is very hard to do. Instead, focus on feeding your kids more of the good stuff so that it leaves very little room for the bad, such as processed or high fructose corn syrup foods. We also want our kids to develop a healthy relationship with their food. By offering them a lot of the good food, they will eventually not ask for so much of the bad stuff. Sugar has become the number one enemy these days. First, sugar is added to almost everything. So if you buy processed food or drinks, you are getting loads of sugar. Second, kids today don't move nearly enough to utilize the sugar that they do eat. I catch people tell me all the time that they're just kids and we should let them enjoy their sugar and carbs while they can, but they don't realize that they are laying a foundation of poor habits and they are damaging their kids' metabolism at an early age, even if they don't see it right away. My kids love sugar as much as the next kid, but they self-regulate the amount they eat because from a very young age, I would help them make a connection to how food makes them feel. They may eat a few cookies, but then I will catch them in the fridge grabbing for some protein or fat to offset their drop in blood sugar. Again, we aren't telling them that they can never touch sugar. They just know that they have to balance it out. My dad was over for dinner the other night and he was amazed how the whole family pitches in to dice all the veggies and shrimp for the ceviche we were making for dinner. After every single drop of it was eaten, we brought out the dessert. We don't always have dessert, and if we do, it is usually before dinner. But since grandpa was over, I wanted to do something special and bought chocolate ice cream and topped it with blackberries. Just like with the ceviche, not a single ounce was left over. We started watching a movie and all of a sudden I realized I had forgotten the Brussels sprouts that were in the oven. So I warmed them back up and brought them to the table. By now it's nine o'clock at night. Every single Brussels sprout was eaten. My dad was shocked at how much food we ate that night. But this is a very typical occurrence in our home. It would be one thing if I said my kids finished a whole pizza and a birthday cake. What could, wouldn't? But this was wild caught shrimp, veggies, organic ice cream, blackberries, and Brussels sprouts. As a mom, how could I be upset with the fact that they eat so much when it's all such good food? It's go time. I hope by now you're excited for the journey you're about to embark on. But before you dive in, I want to apologize. You will never be the same as you are now this moment. In all fairness, I will never be the same as I am at this moment. At this moment, I am actually sitting in a house in the mountains of Ireland, looking down at the valley of green pasture land. The opposite mountainside is dotted with the few houses and a patchwork of textures composed of fields and forests, all in subtle variations of the overpowering green that encompasses this island. Sitting in the middle of so much raw nature, I can't imagine being a busy city such as San Diego again. Although I know I will one day return and live there happily at some point in my life. It's just not our lack of options that make us unhappy. In fact, I think it's our adaptability that causes this. Victor and I talk all the time about where we want to eventually live and what we want to do for jobs. And the word that continually is being said is can. We can do this and we can do that. Our resiliency allows us to find infinite cans in our life, but our tendency to conform rarely allows us to dive deeper into our wants or desires. You can eat greens at every meal. You can go out for dinner every night. You can be happy either way, especially if you're going through the motion without thinking of why you are doing it. But as soon as you dig deeper into what fulfills you and what has meaning and value to you, then settling for anything less becomes not an option. You can find satisfaction in the alternatives, but it will leave you with a sense of wonder. Quote, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the entire staircase. Martin Luther King Jr.
I struggle all the time with knowing if the choices I make for our family are right and where it will lead to next. We are currently traveling through Europe and have been tent camping the past month in Norway and Ireland. It has been cold, very cold. I needed a few days out of the rain to put the finishing touches on this book, so we rented this big house in the mountains for three days. After not living in the house for the last 15 months, it felt oddly familiar. Part of me instantly fell back into the role of housewife. In between writing and editing, I'd spent hours preparing and cooking food, then cleaning up what felt like a never-ending line of dirty dishes. I'd make 10-minute sweeps of the house, putting things away, starting loads of laundry, and organizing stuff. We always eat good, but we ate especially good for these 72 hours because I had the kitchen space to do it. I slept extra deep, not being exposed to the elements of wind and rain. I took a really long, hot bath. I spent a long time at night lying in bed awake wondering if I could go back to this type of lifestyle. Even Victor, who doesn't thrive like me in our unconventional ways, would say the house is nice, but it would be hard to go back to our old life after experiencing everything we had over the past year and a half. I was happy to enjoy the comforts of a house for a few days, but I looked forward to returning to our tent when we got to Germany in a few days. What I wanted for a year from now, well, I decided to not worry about the bottom of the staircase for now and just enjoy each step. That will happen if you do what is prescribed here. Food will never taste the same. Sugar will taste too sweet. A day without vegetables will not feel right. Missing a workout will leave you feeling restless. You will crave the calmness and openness that stretching and yoga will bring you. Whether you do all of what I teach you in this book or don't do a single part of it, some part of what I talk about in the rest of this book will resonate with you. You probably won't go sell your home and move into an RV or start rock climbing, although neither is a bad option. More than likely, it will be much more subtle. On your next birthday, you may find yourself wanting to go to a farmer's market to buy fresh meats and produce to make a delicious birthday dinner instead of going to your favorite restaurant because you just love how good source food makes you feel. For your wedding anniversary, you may ask your spouse to do a triathlon with you or do what Victor and I did years ago for what I still think was our best wedding anniversary ever. We went boogie boarding in Pacific Beach. This was before I surfed rode our bikes around Mission Bay, went paddleboarding in the bay, and then finished off with a picnic. It might not even be about food or exercise. You may come home from a long weekend, spent screaming in tents on the side of a soccer field, sipping the wine you need to unwind from the intensity of kids' competitive sports, and hear my voice in the back of your head saying, does this make you happy? Is this what you want right now? Don't let my decisions be the path you follow. Let my decisions inspire you to hear your own voice, your own passions, your own intentions, and then listen to my voice yell loudly in your ear saying, go make it happen.